Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, ballers. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, a few things before we get into today's episode. First, if you have not already done so, and I say this on pretty much every show, hit that subscribe button so that you can subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also share the show with a few friends. And second, go check out the show notes. I've got some links to a number of things, including a link to the Move the Ball book. If you haven't yet, check that out. And that's something you want to read. There's a link to get yourself a copy. We also have a link to the Move the Ball merchandise store so you can get yourself some swag and rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. Oh, and one other thing, you guys know that I recently announced the title of my new book that's coming out this fall called Dominate the Game, How Life Changes When You Show Up. So things are progressing there. I've been talking to my publisher every week. We're in the process of cover design. So I'll be releasing that as soon as we have that finalized. So stay tuned. And there is a link in the show notes. You can go click that link, sign up to be on the mailing list, and you'll get updates on how things are coming with the book. All right. For today's episode, I've got a fantastic guest with us, someone who has been around the sport of football as a player, as well as an agent for quite some time inside the huddle today and ready to share what he does to move the ball is Javon Barnes. Javon, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm great. Well, I appreciate you making time to join us. I know you're always on the move. And so again, definitely, I'm glad to have you on and appreciate the time. Let me share a little bit about your bio for our listeners. Javon is a retired former professional football player, and he's currently a sports agent with ISE Worldwide. Upon concluding an NFL and professional football playing career, Javon became an NFLPA certified contract advisor in 2013, and he brings a great deal of experience, expertise, and football knowledge to the table and to his clients. Now, some of Javon's clients include Jarvis Landry, Dante Fowler Jr., Nelson Aguilar, and then also a couple of my favorite friends, including Cody White and Shaheem Carter. All right. So are you ready to move the ball, Javon? Yes, ma'am. So... Let's go. You know, I, I always try to think about what's the best part or the best way to start off a conversation and really have a meaningful dialogue. A lot of times I like to ask guys kind of how they got into football and walk through that football journey. So I'll start there with you. So you've been around this business as a player as well as in your professional job beyond football for quite a while. Now, how did you get into football? I know your dad played in the league, but tell us when was the first time you picked up a football? Oh, it's probably watching my father play. I think my first memories in life was going up to the Pontiac Silverdome in the early 80s, uh, looking for number 54 with the last name Barnes on it. And all I cared about was looking for my dad and, and, and seeing him somehow make a play in some capacity. And after the game, I would see him. He would give me one of his you know, football game balls. If he won one, he won a few of them and I would play with it. And I was fascinated with the game 
ever since. So that was uh, definitely a highlight of my young life watching him play on Sundays. And your dad was a multi-sport athlete, played multiple sports in college, and then obviously played at the highest level in the NFL. You're a competitive athlete. There are things that you learn being a competitive athlete that really help prepare you to be successful beyond the game. When you look at some of those things that you might have learned from your dad or just your time being an athlete to be successful, what are some of those lessons and life skills? Well, football teaches you how to conduct yourself in life. You know, you get tackled, you fall down in life, and you have to deal with adversity, and you have to find a way to get back up, find a way to to move the sticks, and and eventually try to score and and, and prevail. And it, it, it's tough. You deal with a lot of you know pressures. You know, anything that you do and you try to do great, you know, you're going to deal with adversity. And and football taught me a lot. It taught me how to navigate with others. You're in the locker room with all types of people, all walks of life, people who are rich and affluent, all the way down to guys who are struggling to get that next meal. And you have to come together as a group and have a common goal to win. And I bring those lessons into what I do today. And I feel like I can relate to both of those individuals and tell them that Hey, if you do what's necessary and try to be better than you were yesterday, you're going to put your, it doesn't guarantee success, but you will put yourself in a position to win. And I, I love what I do. I love my experiences and it made me into the man I am today. For sure. And you talk about how there are football prepares you for life, but there's so many analogies that you can come up with from sports to life and how to be successful. And you mentioned sometimes we get tackled, other times we fumble the ball, drop the ball. Things happen. Nothing goes as planned that we want in life. Can you share with us a time that things didn't quite go the way that you wanted or you maybe had a misstep or a fumble and you had to pick yourself back up and keep going? Well, I transferred a couple times in college and that was a dark time for me. I was a high school All-American and I, I probably had about 50 scholarship offers and you know I was on the ESPN. You know, I was on the ESPN list and all that before they even had the whole what they have now and social media. And I went into college. I had a good work ethic, but I didn't understand how to deal with adversity at the time. And I got humbled a lot. And that experience, even though I hated it, it did prepare me for what I'm dealing with today. As a sports agent, you, you deal with rejection and you deal with a lot of disappointments a lot. And you have to figure out a way to get past that and put one foot in front of the other and try to make something happen. And you got to prepare yourself. If you do come up short, you learn from it and put yourself in the position that it doesn't happen again. And I wish that things would have went better as I was younger, you know, but Hey, I mean, it's, it's a learning lesson. And, and now I believe I'm a better man for it. And I I can teach the younger generation, teach my son how to be better than I was. For sure. And every life experience that we go through, even though they're not pleasant at times, I do believe that they're there to help better us and, and make us to be better people and to help us grow into the individuals that we're meant to be and contribute however we're supposed to contribute in life. Now, something I wanted to ask you about, since you mentioned rejection, I mean, in the sports industry, it's highly competitive. 
whether you're a player on the field or whether you're in some other profession, financial advisor, sports agent, some other capacity, very, very competitive. You deal with a lot of rejection and it's tough. And so there's a lot of people that reach out to me about wanting to get into the profession of the sports business, whether they want to be an agent, they want to go get hooked up with a team or what have you. And when you're dealing with these experiences of rejection in your own career, what are some advice that you give to those people? Because you do have to be tough and, and deal with that. It, it's not an industry where the, the weak will survive. Oh, yeah. You definitely have to be strong to uh, survive, survive in this business. Don't lose yourself. You know, I, I, rejection is going to come. Not everybody's going to sign with you. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in this business. There's a, a lot of flash and there's a lot of misinformation in that guys are pushing out there. But don't lose yourself and don't sacrifice integrity. That is my, my biggest advice for anybody trying to get into this business. You can really sell your soul and trying to get a couple top talented guys. And then next thing you know, you know, you're behind the eight ball because, hey, man, you reap what you sow. You know, so you definitely don't want to lose yourself. Always, and again, I, I say this all the time to young people, you always can learn. Don't, don't go into a situation thinking that you know it all. You, know, you can always learn a little bit more about the CBA. You can always learn a little bit more about the game of football. You can always learn a little bit more about you know, how people move and what makes pe- people tick. You, know, you can learn more about people. You'll learn more about different types of people, you know, different races, different I mean, people from different areas. You have to be a sponge. And I think in today's society, people come into situations thinking, oh, man, I got all the answers. And if, you, if you're doing this and you think you have all the answers, you're going to find out real quick that you don't. That's right. Yeah. There's that you don't know everything. And there's so many things that, that other people can bring to the table and educate you on. So it's having that open mind and willingness to learn and grow. And that's, you know, not even outside of the sports business. I think that's in any industry you're in. I mean, you don't have all the answers. And so you, you can't have that ego where you're thinking that I don't care how good you are or what your performance ratings say, you know, or your performance reviews, like you can always learn and do better and grow. Now, something else that you mentioned, I really like this, you know, don't, don't compromise your integrity and then don't sell your soul, right? Or don't forget who you are. I think that's so important because especially when you're trying to break into a field, especially something as competitive as the sports industry, and you're trying to build a name for yourself, it can be easy to want to compromise that if you think that there is a potential reward on the other side. And it's important to realize that like your reputation is going to carry for a long time and people will see through things that you're doing. So if you're not acting with the right intentions and if you're taking shortcuts or trying to do something, hoping to get a quick win, that's not the way you're going to build a name for yourself and a brand in sports or in any other industry. And I mean, I'll just share from my own perspective. I mean, my listeners know that when I wrote Move the Ball, I didn't know anybody in the world of football. And so I've really had to work hard to build this brand into what it is. And it can be tempting to want to chase, right? Chase the big names and try to, you know, get those big names behind your brand. And sometimes those aren't the right names you want to align yourself with, or sometimes, you know, they're not valuing you or respecting your time. And so you have to respect yourself to say, you know what, I'm not going to allow myself to be subjected that way or treated that way. I know the value that I bring to the table. And so you don't chase. And when you have that confidence and you know the value that you bring, 
the right people will come to you. Oh yeah, I always admired, you know, what you put out there and 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 the guys I know who worked with you in the past, uh, they always had positive things to say about you and and just getting back to what I said previously, I pride myself on doing the right thing in this industry. I didn't get into this business to just hang around guys and be flashy and you know just make money, be a bloodsucker and retire, you know, just swimming in money and, and just using people. I got into this business because I wanted to follow in my father's footsteps. It's a legacy thing. You know, my father did it a certain way. He did it with integrity. He always put the client first. Uh, he still does. He is a stickler for contract structure and crafting a contract where the client wins. I'm the same way. If you talk to me for more than five minutes, I'm going to bring up contracts. I'm going to bring up contract structure. I'm going to bring up how when we do a contract, it's front end loaded and it's a shorter deal. The majority of it is a guaranteed. Majority of it is fully guaranteed. And, and in our industry, in, in the NFL space, contract structure is key. And I'm an educator. I, I came up through the educational system. I was a high school administrator for a number of years. So, and I, I have lots of family members who are former teachers or principals or administrators. So I understand the importance of passing along knowledge to young people. And that I think that's what's missing in our industry. And hopefully I can be a beacon of light and help these young men understand what they're signing. Now, the game of football has changed over the years since your dad played, since you were playing. The business of football has changed in some ways as well. And so when you look back at your time playing pro ball to where it has gone today, not from a a style of play rules perspective of the game, but from a business aspect, how have you seen things change? Well, back when my father played, there was really no business of football. I think guys played and they made money. I mean, those guys had to get second jobs back then. The minimum salary is like twenty-two thousand. And I tell kids that now, they and their eyes get real big. It's like, whoa, they were banging around. And I mean, you really loved the game. When I played, yes, there was a business of football, but it's not like it is now. Social media has changed everything. There's a lot more avenues that you can take in the marketing space to build your brand. I think the main difference between when my dad played, when I played, and the players now, more guys want to be celebrities first and great players second. And back in the day, more guys wanted to be great players first and the celebrity will come. And the one thing that I really stress to all my clients and the guys who I'm I'm trying to pursue is if you do everything that's necessary to be a great player first. The celebrity will come. You know, you, you can't put the cart before the horse. And it's not sexy. It's not flashy. It's not the most fun thing to say to a potential client. And sometimes clients, uh, potential clients, they go in one ear and not the other. You know, but it is the truth. The guys who do what's necessary when no one's looking, who listen to the wise counsel, save their money, do what's necessary in the offseason. Those guys stay in the league longer, and those guys get gold jackets or, or red jackets. By the way, ISC, we have eight 
gold jacket members, and I believe six or seven red jacket members. You know, I don't think any other group has as many, but you know, that's a little plug there. But I mean, that's that's just the way it is. I mean, if you do what's necessary, you put yourself in the best position to be great. And the celebrity will come, the money off the field will come. For sure. Now we had the NFL draft a few months back, and I know you had you know some clients that were in the draft class, and they've begun the transition of their new career, their next chapter being a professional football player. Where do you see some, not necessarily your clients, but where do you see some guys struggle as they make that transition from hanging up the college cleats and doing all their pre-combine, pre-draft training to the business? Okay, this is my job. Now I'm a professional athlete and I need to treat this as a job. Where do you see them struggle? I think in the off season, I think it is a big difference coming from college where everything's structured. Everybody's telling you where to be, what to do, how to do it. And in the pros, in the offseason, you're pretty much on your own. And that's a big struggle for some guys. You have to be dedicated to doing what's necessary, doing that extra. And there's a lot of guys that I see that they don't do some stuff and put it on social media and say, oh, I'm working hard. But they're not doing what's necessary to be the best ever in the position or the best, the best guy. For the job and you gotta as an agent and again you can't be afraid to be fired if you see a guy going the wrong way or not doing enough you gotta be able to walk up to him and tell him hey you're not doing what's necessary you you gain 10 pounds in the off season and that's not gonna put you in the position to be great or hey you're not doing yoga like you did in college or like you did pre-draft you know, that got you more flexible. That got you more durable. Hey, man, you don't spend the money on going to Vegas and partying and gambling. Spend the money on getting that yoga instructor so you can make sure your body is right going into the season. And, and these are necessary conversations that you need to have. And I think most players respect the agents or the people in their circle that are willing to have those conversations with them. Yeah, there are some people that don't want to hear any of that, but most people, they want you to tell them, you know, straight up because this is their job. And we know that the average NFL career is like two and a half years now. And it, it has, I mean, a few years back, it was three, three and a half years or 3.2 years. So it continues to shrink. And I think more players understand that, Hey, I need to take this seriously and invest in the things that I need. It's an investment, right? I need to invest in the areas that are going to help me to, you know, keep my body healthy, keep me flexible. And I mean, that's the asset that you're using to produce on the field. So you've got to be taking care of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And your body is the vehicle that can get you to Canton, you know, that can get you to even if you fall short, short of Canton. I mean, you it, it can get you to a long career, you know, in this game. And if you don't take care of it, you know, you don't put the, the, the right things in your body. You don't do what's necessary in the off season or when you're injured. I mean, you're going to be in and out. And unfortunately, some guys don't listen to their wise counsel and, and that happens, you know, so you do see it and it's, it's a shame with some guys because they, they do have a lot of talent, a lot of potential to be in this league and make and possibly make a great impact. For sure. And you mentioned earlier about the red jacket and gold jacket numbers that ISC has. So, I mean, that's a great accomplishment. You guys are moving the ball over there and I'm certainly hoping to see some more gold jackets here in the near future. So we'll stay tuned. 
Oh yeah, Devin Hester. Hey, hopefully he'll be number nine. He should he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. I completely agree. Devin Hester is the GOAT. I'm proud to say I was a part of his last contract, and he is the GOAT by far. And hopefully he will be added to our list. Well, as someone who grew up in Chicago and Chicago Bears football is the reason why I fell in love with the game as a as a young, young kid at four. So Definitely looking forward to seeing him get his his gold jacket. He should be a uh, first ballot, like you mentioned. So hopefully we'll see him in there next year. So I want to run it back a little bit. So walk us through like, so your pro journey and then how you decided to become an agent. I know you mentioned your dad, you know, is an agent as well. But like when you took the exam in 2013, like why then? Why did you decide that was the time that you wanted to go into this business? I played in 05 and 06 professionally. I was with the Jets. You know, I was bouncing around after that. I played in NFL Europe, bounced around and in arena and in Canada and all that. And after that, you know, episode of bouncing around was over, I got into the the school system. I was a substitute teacher and I worked my way all the way up a high school administrator and I was the head administrator for all transfers and, and all those interactions in the second biggest Oh, the the biggest school district in the state of Indiana. So after that, and I was doing some stuff behind the scenes with my father ever since. I, even when I was playing, he would talk to me about contracts. Even when I was in high school, we talked about contracts all the time. But I was doing some stuff behind the scenes, and my father reached out to me. He said, hey, man, you want to really get into this business? And I said, yeah. I mean, I always wanted to. I just didn't want to go back to school and get the extra degrees. So I ended up getting my MBA. So that was my third degree at the time. And I said, hey, let's, let's go on and do it. And he didn't make it easy. I didn't get paid for the first three years of my career. I had to do it the hard way. And, he, and I'm glad that he made me do it that way. He made me go out and reach out to people. He didn't give me any layups. Because I appreciate the grind. I appreciate the hard work. It made me figure things out, figure things out in the CBA, figure things out with people, figure things out, learning more about the game of football. And uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without him, obviously, but without that experience. And who was the first client that you signed? The first client that I signed, well, the first client I signed was a kid named Benny Fowler. You know, my dad and I co-signed him. But the first guy that I was the lead on was Taewon Taylor. He's a wide receiver, Western Kentucky. He uh, got drafted in the third round. He's a great individual, hard worker. I mean, I can't say any more great things about this guy. This guy is like a brother, you know, watching him become a great father. You know, he just recently played in the USFL. You know, he's trying to get back in and, you know, he still may go back to the USFL. But, yeah, I remember that draft night and, and seeing, you know, the tears kind of build up in his eyes. And I mean, it was just a great feeling, you know, and I, I signed guys before then, you know, with my father, obviously. But when I, you know, he was the first guy I was lead on and it, it was a great experience. Oh, I'm sure it was. You know that you're helping change your clients lives and just to see their evolution and their growth as they continue on in their adulthood, as well as their career, I'm sure is an incredible feeling. Yes, it was. And you mentioned the USFL. I mean, they recently had their inaugural 
season. And so it's been interesting to see a number of guys that have made the transition from USFL into the NFL. And so it seems to be so far, it's been a great way for guys to get some extra film and showcase their talents to scouts and teams. Yeah, yeah. I tell young guys who are trying to figure out their way, hey, man, you can't can't pass up on that opportunity to get film. The XFL as well. I know they're, they're going to have a season coming up. Uh, I tell them, I tell people film is like gold. You put good film out there. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a spot, but it puts you in a way better position to be seen by these NFL teams and these pro scouts and get a workout. And some of these guys are figuring it out. So what guide, there's a number of people that listen to the show. Like I mentioned before, people will ask me about getting into the sports business and becoming an agent, you obviously have certain criteria you have to meet to be able to be NFLPA certified. You have to have a a JD, a master's degree, or have played in the league for X number of years. You have to take the exam, right? So aside from those requirements, like what, what advice would you give people who are considering this career path? And also let them know some of the, I mean, we talked about rejection already, but there's a lot of things people don't know about this business. And so what are some things you would kind of not caution people, but want people to be aware of as they're trying to go into this profession? The first thing is you're not going to get rich quick in this profession. The only way you get rich quick is if you have players right away and players that can really, really play. And the probability of a, a young agent who's never done it getting high quality players, very slim. And this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. If you're okay with running that race, that marathon race, you should be okay. Really, you know, one of the biggest things I I tell people is, and I I go back to, you can always learn more about the CBA. You can always learn more about people. You can always learn more about contracts. And you really need to, you know, put the work in learning about what contracts are good and what contracts are not good. because. If you put a bad contract out there, it's out there for life. And I know me and I know people in our industry, we're going we're gonna to kill you if you put something bad out there. And this is a dog-eat-dog business and people don't play fair. That's another word of advice. You're going into shark-infested waters. And if you are just playing around and, and you don't have your head on the swivel, yeah, one of these sharks will tear your head off. You know, so you got to put in the work. Make sure you're always client first. Make sure that you know what you're getting into. It's a dog eat dog business. And really, as a young person getting in, if you're at a school, you know, if you're at a Florida or a Tennessee or Notre Dame or Georgia or even at IU, Indiana or UCLA, USC, get to know these individuals, figure out how you can be attached to them. In some way, you know, learn more about them. If you have a couple of those connections, you could potentially get attached to a sports agency. Now, again, you're not going to make any money. (laughs) You're not going to make any money, but that could get your foot in the door. And then if you're willing to work, if you're willing to put in the work, willing to make those phone calls, especially with NIL, especially with marketing, you know, hey, you're going to have to get a cup of coffee here and there. You have to go to the combine and network. Definitely, you need to buy a couple of drinks for some scouts because scouts, 
you know, they, they give you a lot of information. They can help you save a lot of money, time, and effort. Do all those things. You can possibly make it in this business, but it isn't going to be easy. And you mentioned earlier, it's, it's a, not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so I think it's important for people to, who are considering this profession to know that like it's going to take years to build up to that success. It's not, you're not going to get in the year one and be like, okay, I'm going to kill it. It just doesn't happen that way. You got to build that network, got to grow relationships, got to spend a lot of time with scouts and, and other people. Just you got to put in that work and, and eventually that work will pay off, but it definitely is a marathon, not a sprint. I watched my father. I remember, and he used to tell me he would sleep in his car in between trips because he was just first starting out and, you know, he was out here trying to make it. And now, 30 years later, hundreds of millions of dollars of contract dollars are negotiated and multiple Hall of Famers, multiple Pro Bowlers, multiple All Pro guys. He did the work and it, it, it wasn't easy and it wasn't a quick fix thing. He did what was necessary to put himself in the position that he is today. And seeing that example, I want to make sure I do what's necessary and I do the work so I can be done with this and say, hey, I was a servant leader and I made sure that everybody that that was in my circle was in a great position to be great. And you've represented some great clients during your time as an agent. You mentioned earlier that those first few years you didn't get paid and you're just grinding it out. Not that you're not grinding and then hustling now, but was there ever a moment then that you were like, why am I doing this? I mean, yeah, I want to do this, but holy cow, this this shit isn't for me. (laughs) Did you ever think about that and like want to just kind of go in a different direction? And if so, what made you kind of stop that and keep going? No, I never had that. I never had that thought. And and again, I, I don't run away from this. I have a unique perspective in this business. I have a father who did it and did it at a high level for a long period of time. So he was the one that kept me motivated. And I saw how successful he was. And I was like, okay, eventually something's going something's gonna to work. I'm going to crack through somehow because he did it. He figured it out. So it was a lot easier for me. Most people are not going to have that right in front of them. You know, and most people's boss isn't their father that's pushing them every single day. So I never really had that thought, but I can understand someone that's that's just starting out in this business, getting frustrated with the no's and getting frustrated with kid getting bought out. I mean, I'm just keeping it real, getting frustrated with the smoke and mirrors of a quote unquote celebrity agency or a celebrity telling you to go with this guy. And the agent has never done a second contract or the agent has never structured a front end loaded deal or agent doesn't even know how to tie his own shoe. But he gets this talented guy and you see it and you're like, oh, my God, what happened? You got to fight through that. You got to fight through that frustration. Don't sell yourself out and be you. And eventually it's going to work out. I, I'm a strong believer in uh, speaking things in existence. And, and and that's what I did during those those dark times. Well, I think that that's a great piece of advice for people to just stick it out. And again, don't don't compromise your integrity. Don't sell your soul, right? Just keep grinding and it'll work out. If you stick with it long enough, it will work out. So what has been the most rewarding experience for you being an agent? 
watching guys getting that generational wealth and changing their lives, their community's lives, their family's lives, just watching that whole process. Ah, man, it's, it's a great experience. Like I said, in the beginning of my career, I, I got to deal with Devin Hester. You know, he, had, he was at the tail end of his career, and he did so much for the game. He did so much for his family. He did so much. He, he's still doing so much for young people. Watching him, and I mean, he is just such a, a legendary figure, but watching that, and, and I, I was in the front line seeing that in person. I mean, it was just, it was just great. Watching Walter Jones, I never represented him. My dad did, but he's like a big brother to me. But watching him from the sidelines, I mean, some people say that he could be in the top five best left tackles to ever play this game. But watching that and watching how he came from a one-room shack and now he doesn't have to worry about money. His family doesn't have to worry about money. He's making a positive impact in his community. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And, and going to these young guys, Alan Robinson, he's been through so much adversity, been through injury, I mean, crazy team situations, all that type of stuff. And he's fought through that and he's in a great position to have a a major impact this year again seeing and he's such a great young man seeing that it's just an awesome thing to see a new relationship that I have uh, with Jarvis Landry just starting with, uh, with myself and and just seeing how much he's done in the league and how much he does off the field and seeing how passionate he is about being great I mean we deal on that because, I mean, obviously with our history, we got all these Hall of Famers, all these great guys. They were all passionate about being great, the best ever. And when he said that, hey, man, the league hasn't seen all of Jarvis Landry. I got more to show this game of football. I'm just excited even thinking about what he's going to do this year. And being a part of that is just awesome. I told him I was blessed. I'm blessed to be a part of it. And I tell people all the time I have a blessed life. I don't take that for granted. And I know that I can wake up every day and say that I made a positive impact on somebody. And it's a great feeling. Oh, for sure. To be able to just look in the mirror and know that you're making, like you said, a positive impact and contributing in a positive and valuable way is an incredible feeling. So, Javon, what I want to do now is run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yes. Yes, I'm ready. First question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? NFL player. <laughs> Not surprised. What three words would you use to describe yourself? I'm a nerd. I'm a gym rat. And I'm funny. Okay. What is one thing most people don't know about you? Favorite artist right now is Alex Isley. I listen to her every single night and morning. All right. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would it be? Would it be an Alex song or would it be something else? Probably Wolves by, by Big Sean right now. I really like that song as an intro song. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? The Barack Obama book I've been reading off and on in between trips. I really like his story because a lot of people don't realize that he had a lot of failures. He lost some races when he was in you know, the junior Senate in, in Illinois. That really was fascinating because I, I just thought he came onto the scene and he never really lost. And 
He had an unblemished record, but he, he took some L's early in his career. And his relationship with Michelle wasn't peaches and cream like people think. He had some struggles. So that was very fascinating. And his book is a, is a good read. I haven't read it yet, but I'll definitely have to check it out. Next question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Rob Woodson, because Rob Woodson is like another older brother, uncle, and he's super funny. If you you sit him down, he's going to make you laugh. So Rob Woodson, I would also invite Michael Jackson because, you know, during the dinner, he'll probably... He'll probably entertain us by dancing or singing or whatever. So I, I you know, I, I definitely invite him and Mark Hamill because I'm a Star Wars fan. It, now that's one thing everybody knows about me. I love Star Wars, you know. So Mark Hamill because obviously he's the goat in Star Wars world. I'd, I'd probably invite him. Okay, three great choices. Last question is: Do you sing in the shower? Uh, yeah, once. Yeah. Yeah, you can probably catch me singing a couple things in the shower. <laughs> if your dad heard you, would he say that you sing good? Oh, no, nah, he'll say I was horrible. <laughs> Man, he was the hardest coach ever. He was very critical on everything I do, even even now. He has a, a way of pressing your buttons if you're off just a little bit. So, yeah, he would definitely get on me about my singing. I gotcha. All right, so as we look to close the show, Javon, let people know where can people follow you? Where are you at on social media? I am primarily on Instagram, JB Sports Agent, at JB Sports Agent on Instagram. And I have a Twitter account as well. I, I rarely use it. I know everybody says I need to use Twitter, but it's JB Sports Agent as well. You can go to our website at iscworldwide.com and also isc at iscworldwide on Instagram and Twitter. You can find some stuff about myself and and our group as a whole as well. Perfect. We will have all those links in the show notes so people can keep up with you as well as learn more about ISE Worldwide too. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Javon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And yeah, this was fun. Well, again, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you next time. Again, check out the show notes so you can find the ISE social links. You can find Jovan social links. So we've got all the things I mentioned before, the Move the Ball book, the Move the Ball merchandise store and all that stuff. And we will catch you on the next episode. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.